This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Another Saturday afternoon is upon us, and it's another Saturday afternoon without the football. Although, of course, without coronavirus and COVID-19, football would be over by now anyway. The fact that it's still all up in the air means only one thing. We're all missing it as much as each other. Last week on the Best Time of the Week podcast, we heard from a promotion-winning manager in Paul Cox. Thanks very much for all your lovely comments on that, by the way. This week, we thought we'd delve back even further into the history of Mansfield Town by speaking to a man who enjoyed cup success, but also was part of the team who took us down to the conference in the first place. We're talking to a left-back who joined the Stags in 2005, swapping Barry Fry for Carlton Palmer. He was always a steady and reliable choice for the Stags and became a bit of a fan favourite in his time, but I'm sure, as you'll all know by now, he's a man who became famous thanks to Jeff Stilling and a red card. Oh no, Gareth Jellyman's been sent off at Oxford. Let's hope he hasn't thrown a wobbly. (laughs) (laughs) It's his third red card of his career, I believe. That's right, joining me today for an exclusive chat is former Mansfield Town left-back Gareth Jelliman on the Best Time of the Week podcast. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield matters. Gareth, thanks very much uh, for joining us on the Mansfield Matters podcast. Really interested uh, to hear your stories uh, today. It's going to be a very interesting one. You were the left-back pretty much from when I started watching football, so this is going to be uh, really interesting uh, for me to find out. Before we get stuck in, though, what are your overriding memories of your time at Mansfield Town? Joined in 2005, left around 2007, 2008 time. What's your overriding memories? Um, I I loved it. Absolutely loved the club. It was so community-orientated. I just felt like a real family, family there. And I don't know, they just seemed like the fans were really connected. And I felt part of something, something there. And I, I absolutely loved my time. And I was absolutely gutted when I left, especially leaving after we got relegated. Um, like I had agreed to stay. I'm sure we'll go into that a bit later. But I had agreed to stay because I felt I wanted to put, you know, put it, put it right. I, I had offers to stay in the league, and I said no, I'm going to stay here. But then um, s- s- different things happened, and it didn't quite materialise. But um, yeah, no, I, as I say, I absolutely loved, loved 
loved it, and, and I still look out for how they're getting on. And I, once I think once you've played for Mansfield, you you realise what um, what it means to the community, and and it really does pull you in. And it, yeah, it definitely got hold of me. And yeah, as I said, I just loved the, loved my time there. And before you uh, signed for Mansfield, of course, you, you'd played uh, for Peterborough. It was January 2005, though, when you did uh, make the move. Carlton Palmer was then the Stags manager. Take us yeah. through uh, the journey of you joining Mansfield 10, and how did it come about? Well, um, it, it kept, I, I, think, I, I think I was in my last year. Oh, no, I wasn't. I had another year left at Peterborough, if I'm honest. So I, I could have I stayed, but I'd been there that long. I just felt like... I, I'd gone a bit stale and um, because I'd been come up from like the youth ranks, I felt like it seemed to be, and we weren't doing very well. I think that people, well, people got relegated the year I left and, and we weren't doing very well in the league. And it always seemed to be like, it was an easy option just to take like one of the young lads, which was, well, probably me at the time, sort of out the team. And I just didn't think I was as well respected. And I'd gone a bit stale there. I'd been there for many, many years. Um, and I just felt like I needed a fresh challenge and there was interest from Bristol Rovers, I think, and then obviously from Carlton. Um, and it's just after speaking to Carlton, really, he, um, I decided, yeah, no, I'm going to do this. And obviously because, well, Mansfield got to the playoffs the year before and they were just sitting just below the playoffs there, I thought, you know, that could be a really good move. I'm thinking, oh, we, you know, I could, we could bypass Peterborough here and it'd be, it could be a good progression for me. Um, so, and I knew they had a really good... Um, young players there. I know that like, Bucco and Baps was there and, and I, you know, and I'd obviously watched the player final and I thought they were a really good team and I thought, no, that could be a great move for me. Um, so I remember coming down on a Friday, I think, and I trained with a view to sign. So I finished training and then I think we had Southend the next day. Um, and as we were doing the paperwork, they said, oh, it's too late. You won't be able to sign. You won't be able to play tomorrow. And so then they said, oh, we could do an emergency loan. So then I remember... Well, with the view, I, well, Barry Fry thought I was going to sign that day. So then, when I rang up and said, "Well, no, obviously we can't, we can't sign today. I won't be able to play," he was like, "Well, you're coming back then?" Because I think they they had Forest in in the cup in the FA Cup at the County Ground, and he said, "No, you can come and play." And I was like, "No, no, I, you know, I, I've had my my heart set. That's it. You know, I want, you know, I wanted to play for Manfield, and um, so we did the emergency loan." And he, Barry was saying, well, what about if you get injured? What's going to happen? You know, I want you to play. <laughs> I want you to stay and play. And I was like, no, oh, no. And then, so we did the emergency loan and I played the game at Southend. Luckily, I didn't get injured. And then um, I signed on. Yeah, I think I signed on the Monday permanently that certainly so, um, that certainly explains the uh obviously like when you look on like the websites and stuff i was a little bit too young to remember like when you you properly signed so that when you look on like the stats and stuff that explains why it had the one game loan yeah it, it's basically just because the time time for me to play on the on the saturday i think yeah on it was on the friday i trained on the friday came to sign the papers and it passed the deadline for me to sign so they had to sign me on an emergency loan for one for one game, and then I just signed on the Monday. And it was a bit hairy, because I thought, if I do get injured, I don't know what position it would leave me in. Obviously, Manfield said, oh, no, you know, we'll still go through with the signing. But I, I don't, you never know, do you? <laughs> but I don't yeah. know, being young and naive, and I just wanted to play. I, you know, I'd had my heart set, that's it. You know, I've, I've said bye to everyone in Peterborough. You know, I wanted to go, and, and that was it, so... 
We just did it that way. Barry Fry and Carlton Palmer. This sounds like a joke in there somewhere, but we won't go into. Oh yeah, they're probably. Oh, they're gonna, yeah, definitely they would. <laughs> Two absolutely mammoth characters in football. Yeah. And, oh. Yeah. And obviously with Mansford, you mentioned before that you'd, you'd watch the playoff final and things like that. We had a great season. Keith Curl yeah. had obviously just left the post, and Carlton Palmer had come in. Were you aware of the the relationship between Palmer and, and the owner Keith Haslam at that time, or were you no, just wanting to I, play? No, not at all. No, I wasn't if I'm honest and looking back as I say you're a bit naive to um, what was happening obviously when I arrived then there was a lot of people leaving I remember Cords left pretty soon after I I signed and lots of other people were leaving and it was a bit of the club was in a bit of a turmoil if I'm honest like there was so so much niggle within the dressing room with some like obviously some of the senior players that were leaving and Callum was leaving them out and and things like this he was yeah it wasn't I'm not going to say you know I I rethought what I'd I'd done but I could see there was like a big yeah there's a big change going to happen but um, I was like no but but they boys made me feel so welcome straight away and I did feel like part of it straight away and there was even though there was a little bit niggle towards Carlton with some of the players as a dressing room like the lads were absolutely fantastic and it, yeah, it was a great dressing room to be in. It's interesting to hear that there was a niggle that early doors because he'd only been in post. I think he was still caretaker manager at, at, at that yeah, point. Yeah, he was, but I don't know. He came, obviously came in, and then as I say, he, he was like there was. I think Muzzer as well. He he was like, well, not plotting to get rid of him, but obviously he Muzzer ended up. I went to Carlisle, I think. Yeah, and then yeah. Cords left as well, and. And you could see this, and you could see some of the older pros. And I think Dave Artel was injured, and and he, you know, he wasn't really, I don't know, in the plans and Luke Dimash and, and things like this. So there was a bit you could see that they weren't too happy with with Cal and the way he was doing things. But to be fair, with me, I I always thought I found him a lot of players. He used to rub the wrong way, but I thought I thought. With me, he was brilliant with me, and I, I, I did quite like him. If I'm honest, I really enjoyed. And I, well, I just don't think he had a, ch- a, a good chance there. I think a lot could because of a lot of the older players were didn't really like him. I think it's their influence rubbed off on a lot of the younger players and and things like that. But I, I thought I really enjoyed his company, and I thought you know he had some really some good ideas. Um, I, I do- it was just unfortunate it didn't work out there for for him. I wish I was a little bit older at, at that time because I think when you're a young supporter, you know, you, that was probably my second real season following the club yeah. home and away, that sort of thing. You don't really understand that now. Working in that environment now, I sort of I sort of do a little you, you bit. You just it, jump yeah. on board, don't you? When all the fans start chanting, you know, Palmer out or whatever, Palmer you just jump out. on it board, board with it. Effect. It definitely has an effect. And especially if people are not playing and he's leaving people out and it, they can't... And you do, you get it. I've worked, I've played in so many dressing rooms, and it it does happen, and it has an effect. Like obviously, people who are being left out, um, they can they can go either one or two ways. They have a knuckle down and put that, you know, get the head on, or they or, or they moan about. It. It's just um, human, you know, human society. That's how things are. And then I just think people get influenced by that. How quickly did you settle into to life at Mansfield then? Because I seem to remember you you, you sort of came in and, and straight away the fans took to you as well. Yeah, so, yeah, really quickly, as I said, it just felt like... I remember being very nervous, like my first training session, because all I'd ever known was Peterborough, really. And so, you know, I was part of the woodwork there. So to become somewhere new 
and like no one to know you and no to have any preconceptions of you. It, it, I found well, not, I never found it difficult, but I've never had that before. But to be fair, I'm, I'm quite a laid-back guy and a likable guy, I think, and, and I think that come across like the, the as I said, the lads got got on really. I got on really well with all the lads. And I think that just helps you settle. And as I say, the fans, yeah, the fans were absolutely brilliant with me straight away. So, you know, I was, you know, I felt at home very, very quickly and, you know, felt very settled very, very early, which I was a bit wary of when, before I signed anywhere, thinking, oh, will it be the same? But no, it was, it was great right from the off, if I'm honest. The Carlton Palmer era is not one which uh, the Stags fans like looking back on too much. So I'm going to skip to the end of that in, in, yeah. in just a second. But before um, I do, I'm going to give you the opportunity. We've had on this podcast before a number of your ex, uh, ex-teammates, the likes of John Delaye, Mickey Bolding, uh, Richie Barker, just to name uh, but three, Adam Murray as well. Uh, in there as well. All of them have had uh, stories. Some of them have been more incur- more. What's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, more reserved in telling uh, some stories about that era than others. Is there any that you want to get out there about the Carlton Palmer era? Um, I, I have been thinking about it, and I, do you know what? A lot of them are from we, because we had quite a good well team spirit, and we used to go out quite a lot as a team, and a lot of them. Are, <laughs> Um, from 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 nights out and that, and some of them they just I, I can't I couldn't I couldn't mention them if I'm honest. There there's some right characters there like Muzz Muzz was Muzz is like crazy. He, he a right laugh and some of the things he used to come out with were unreal. Um, a lot of things Simon Brown as well. Simon Brown he he's a funny guy. Um, when we used to have a good laugh from um, Brownie, but I, I can't. I cannot mention some of the stories just due to them being mainly from <laughs> um, nights out, if I'm honest. <laughs> I'm sure I'll try and tempt one out of you uh, later on. I'll have another yeah, go later try. on. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'll weigh, I might, you, da- I'll weigh I you down. I'll up and let you know. <laughs> uh, let's jump to the end of that Cotton Palmer era then. I remember it like it was yesterday. Obviously, like I mentioned before, um, all the fans were shouting Palmer out pretty much from day one, to be fair. Uh, but yeah. he did manage to go into another season. He took it, took charge uh, on the full-time basis. He had Peter Shirtliff as his assistant. It was Rochdale away. Um, we changed. We were playing relatively 4-4-2 every week. And then for some unknown reason, we went to Rochdale, ended up playing uh, 5-3-2 with you at wing wing back or something and then yeah. we after about half an hour we were two one or two nil down and we were getting absolutely ripped apart what was that what can you remember from that game so I remember he quit live on the radio after that game as well yeah it, well it it seemed inevitable what was going to happen if I'm honest but like that's what I felt felt like and not not that the boys were talking or anything but it did feel like it was like the beginning of the end and it, it and it's happened a couple of other times when I, when I've been playing, where a manager's you know the fans are screaming for for them to be sacked, and and it's it's so difficult. Even when you know you've got so much respect for that manager, to try and pull yourself out and, and put in a performance to try and save them, um, I think we were just we were just so low that day. And I think he was obviously trying everything to try and get a result, even you know changing everything that we've done previously. And I think we worked on on that on the Thursday and Friday on the three five two, and it obviously is trying everything. And, and and sometimes that, and I think the players were as well. I think we all over trying or don't want to make a mistake. Don't want to be the one to you know to um, have the burden of making that mistake. Um, 
so they're playing a bit conservatively and, and it just didn't work. It just didn't work at all. And yeah, I, I wasn't surprised when, you know, when we heard that he, he, he'd resigned on the on the radio, if I'm honest. I, um, seem, I seem to remember to the, of, of his era, I think where he went wrong was actually not playing because I remember Stockport away the opening day of he, the season. He played like 60 minutes. We were two nil up, took himself off and we ended up drawing two all. Each. Yeah. And to be fair, he, he, he worked all pre-season for that. He worked, he worked himself up. He, he joined in all the running sessions and he was looking fit. He was looking so fit and he played, yeah, 60 minutes. And I think, yeah, just took himself out and then they never played himself again. Yeah, never played so again. I think he would, you know, his influence. And I've definitely re- realised that older I got that you need, you do need like, that experienced person who's going to, um, you know, organise the team from the, on, the, on the field. Definitely. And, it, you know, he, he would have been a big asset, if I'm honest. I, I don't know if the fans would have quite taken to it as much, but he, as a, I think as a player and having him there on the pitch as well, I think it would have been a big, big asset, if I'm honest. I just remember all the talk that day. I think it took the fans quite a while to accept the situation with him taking over from Keith Curl. From Keith Curl, and that's where he was. I think he was on a hiding to nothing straight yeah. away, wasn't he? It's, it's almost the same this season, really, with the change from David Flickcroft yeah. to John Dempsey. It's the same yeah, thing. Definitely. Whoever comes in after success is always onto a, onto a yeah, loser. His situation just wasn't helped by the fact he was mates with Keith Haslam, which no, is another story in itself. Uh, but I remember all the fans sort of accepting it in the summer. We'd had some good pre-season results, and then the Stockport game, where he played was impressed. I, was, I think a lot of us were so, starting to warm to it, but when he didn't play again, it started to go wrong as a manager. It yeah. sort of did that 360. And, uh, that exactly. Rochdale game was was just mental. I think he ended up bringing, I think he brought on Adam Rundle, then took him off later in the game as well. I think he did, yeah. I do remember that, if I'm honest. And runs, yeah, runs weren't happy. That's one of the big, oh, that's a big kick in the teeth, isn't it, if that happened. Yeah, I think so, he was play. He was a form player as well that season. You two had a, a quite a good thing going down yeah, the left hand yeah, side. Got, yeah, me and Runs, we we had a really good um, yeah understanding. Like we used to work on it an awful lot in training. And to be fair, yeah, we we had a real good understanding. And I used to love playing with Runs. He, he was a form player then, so you know, for for then to quickly change the formation and leave him out, he weren't too happy anyway. And then. Obviously, when he got come on and got dragged off again, he, yeah, he wasn't very, <laughs> he weren't best pleased. When did you guys hear about him, Carlton, resigning then? Because obviously he, he did it straight on the radio after after the game, came as a, a little bit of a bit of a shock. We were all on the supporters' buses, ready to go back to, to Field Miller's was. We all heard the news come through. We were all celebrating like we won the cup. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was daft. <laughs> well, no, he came in, he did come in the dressing room and said and, and say about it afterwards so that we were aware of it then, if I'm honest, after the game. And obviously, after after that, um, what was your what was your thought process there? Because obviously, you've been you've been brought in by Carson, as you've openly yeah. admitted, you quite liked working with him. What's going through your your head then, as a young player? Are you thinking this might be it? I might have to look to move again, or are you? It, it, well, yeah, a lot of those things do go go through your mind, and and I, I say you always seem to go. You want familiar familiarity, if I'm honest. So obviously, my I was thinking, oh, I hope Shirty, you know, I hope they give it to Shirty for a little bit. Because you know, I got I had a good, real good uh, relationship with Shirty, and um, to be fair, when he came in, we our performances and our, our um, results were, were really good, and it, you know, he he did really well with us to, right at the start. So you know, it was a justified decision to put him in. But as you say, yeah, it's, it's really uncertain. It's not very nice when because you don't know who's going to come in. It could be someone that who do, it, 
you know, the football's about opinions, isn't it? So someone could come in and just does not have, like you whatsoever and doesn't think you're very good. So then, yeah, you could be end up like moving and things like that. And at, at that point, I was pretty much having my first child. And yeah, when she yeah, showed you come in, like my pet, yeah, my wife, well, my partner was pregnant at the time. So I was thinking, oh, if this, if someone comes in, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it, so then there's lots of stresses like that. So when Shirley did get the job, I was, you know, I was over the moon, really. Yeah, and he did uh, come in, get the job. He was caretaker for a while, then got um, appointed permanent. And I think, to be fair, as Stags fans, as we look at, uh, we looked at in peerage, we look from when Keith Cole left to when we got relegated. And I think within that period itself, the Peter Shirtley era was probably one of the best uh, sides, especially early doors we had, especially uh, with the cup runs. Yeah, we were fantastic in the cups. Both, yeah, both cups really. We had really good runs, didn't we? But it, and I, I think that just goes to show. And we were beating teams like we, I remember beating Stoke, um, Southampton. Oh, can't think who else. But we've beat some good teams. So, and and we could, yeah, we could play. We had a good good team, but just not consistently good. If I'm honest, yeah. just, I just think we just lacked. We just lacked another like really experienced player like Richie. Richie was, I think, probably the most professional um, player I ever played with, and he was so good with the young players. He he helped so many players, and you could see. I'm quite surprised that, yeah, obviously he was a manager and, and things, and he's second. Well, he's an assistant now, but I did really think he could be an absolutely fantastic manager. He was brilliant. He pretty much ran ran the changing room, and he. he you know, he was such a big influence on it, on everyone. Like I took took an awful lot from him, and he was so professional. It rubbed off on on everyone. So when Richie did end up leaving, that was a that was a massive massive loss. And I think that was well. And I look back now, and I think you know when we got relegated, the team we had. When you look on paper, it, it some of the players there have gone on to play well, like in the Prem and in the Championship. Absolutely, it was such a re- a really good team, but. What we lacked was like a leader or, or someone with like experience at that time. Absolutely, we'll come more onto that relegation yeah. and, and losing Richie in, in particular in, in a minute. We again, Richie's another man man we've had on uh, on the podcast, and he told us uh, we did a live night a couple of years ago. He came back back to do that yeah. the day before we played uh, Rotherham in a pre-season friendly. He was fantastic. So many stories and so honest about his departure as well. He, he basically said. It's it's down to it's down to me wanting to save the club, which was great. We'll come on to that in a little bit, but yeah. let's go back to the start of the Shirtley era there and talk more about that. Uh, uh, yeah. the, the Carling Cup. We had the Carling Cup uh, where we reached round three, uh, and the FA Cup where we reached round three as well in oh yeah. five oh six. And you actually uh, helped in that Carling Cup run, uh, Stoke I, at home, diving header. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, it didn't happen very often, but yeah, I think I've one of my best games. In a stag shirt there against Stoke, I, I remember playing on the wing. I, I played on the wing every now and again, um, and yeah, I remember ball come across and yeah, ended up scoring. Yeah, scoring at the back stick with a header, and then I think I scored one of the penalties as well. Yeah, you so, were one yeah, of really... one of three to score penalties. Won three nil on penalties that that yeah, day. Yeah, right. It was a great atmosphere, and then uh, again, that that must be. Surreal, because obviously I think at that time as well, you know, Shirty's still pretty much caretaker at, at that yeah, time. Yeah, was. So what was that like? Was it was that victory? Do you think that was down to all the lads wanting to pull together to to get Shirty think, the yeah, job? Or? I think it was it, because everyone was like singing from the same hymn sheet. Everyone wanted Shirty to get it because do you know what Shirty Shirty was a, a very good coach. He was very good and he he was really good with the players. 
really good with the player, really good man manager as well. So um, he, yeah, and everyone was pulling in the same direction. And do you know what? We were, we were just on a run. We, as you say, with some of the players we had, I think Koki came in at that sort of time and he was, he was, he, he was, was unreal. So, yeah. yeah. So well, um, you know, he had such energy and he, he just looked a real player. And I think, he, I don't know, he just galvanised the team when, when Shirty took over took over and everyone was as I said there wasn't any of them niggles like people not liking Calvin it was that you know everyone was behind Shirty and it just, as I say just seemed to galvanise everybody yeah it certainly it certainly did and obviously the two cup runs were, were pivotal uh, to that really and as you say beat Stoke in, in round one of the Carling Cup then we had uh, I think it was Southampton at home I think Giles Cope scored that, that day as well yeah. and then that was up- a great game that. I, I, I remember that game that was yeah I loved that game I can remember it was such a great feeling at the end of the and I think to be winning extra time, I think. Yeah, I think it was I think it, it, extra, it, extra time, time or yeah. late on. Yeah, it was it was very late. I remember it. Yeah. And obviously, again, at, at that time, it was still. I think Shirty had then been given the the job, so it was still early days. So wanting yeah. wanting to impress, and it, I, it, nights like that didn't happen very often back then. So to have something like that with the fans in and everything, it was. That just yeah, that was, it, that's what sticks in my head. It was like under the floodlights, and it. Like the the atmosphere in the ground, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, at, the, at the final whistle, you know, just seeing the fans at the end and like how euphoric they were, you know, it was amazing. That, that sticks with me for forever. And I, that's what I say about the Stoke. I don't know if it's because I scored and and things, but I can still remember after the game walking off the pitch and like the fans were going crazy. And it, uh, it still sticks with me now. And it's such a great memory to have. And you know, I'm really lucky to have that. And I, you know, I do look back on that very fondly. I think a lot of that as well was down to the fact that it was probably only one, probably the first or second penalty shootout since we'd lost in, in the playoff final. I think it was probably the second and we weren't yeah. great at penalties. Um, so no. to win 3-0 and have a young goalkeeper in Jason White in, in White, goal as well. Yeah. yeah, He did fantastic, yeah, that night. He did I think he was only about 17-18 that night as well. It was one of his very yeah, early in his career. Yeah. And then obviously, like you say, the Southampton one was, was epic. And then third round, all home ties, which was weird. Um, yeah, and then was it Millwall. Millwall, yeah. Uh, can you remember Obviously, the f- that one? I, I thought, do you know what? I thought we did we go. I'm sure we went. Did we go ahead in that game? Or it was very close, and we we ran them really close. I do remember that. Yeah, so we went one nil down after about 25 minutes, uh, two nil after the hour, and then in within did the space get- of two minutes, we got it back to two all. So two all. That's, yeah. yeah, I knew it was something like that, and I knew we, they were hang, hanging on a bit, and I know I knew we shook up. Yeah. I think, yeah, that was a big game as well. I think Simon Brown scored and then Richie Barker scored Barker, straight after kickoff. Right. It was, oh, it was yeah. again, nights like that were fantastic. And fantastic, then, brilliant, yeah. I've never known it in a season where, all right, cup runs come along every now and again, but I've never known it in a season where you can have where you have a good cup run in, in the two in main competitions. Cups. No, it doesn't usually happen, does it? No, it, it doesn't usually happen. Very strange. And obviously, again, you know, these tight games, the FA Cup, we ended up getting to Newcastle in, in that one. But yeah. the first round, I don't think you'll want to remember it too well. Cause I don't but, even know if you were there. You were suspended for that for that one at Rotherham away. No, yeah, I was. I do. Yeah, yeah. I remember being in the crowd for that one. I what, do. What was that like watching on from the crowd as that happened? It, Four, I three, used to one. hate it, if I'm honest. I yeah. used to hate it. I used to... I, yeah, I just didn't like it at all because you can't influence anything. When you're on the pitch, um, on a, a, you have some sort of control over it. Well, I wouldn't say you have a lot of control, but you, you, you're on there and you're, you're part of it. But being sat in the stand, there's, there's nothing worse. I used to hate, hate, hate being injured, hate being 
suspended. Um, yeah, not not very nice if I'm honest. It's great when the boys win and that, but I I used to get really anxious and panicky. But as you say, you can't, you can't influence it. And I, yeah, I didn't like it at all if I'm honest. Yeah, and, and from there, of course, uh, Grey's Athletic, who were absolutely bossing the conference at the time, we were only about third or fourth from bottom at that time bottom, as well. Yeah. And that, that was, was, yeah, I remember that was on the TV, where I think it was on Satanta or something. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I do remember. That was a good game. Oh, I do remember that. And then obviously to get through that one uh, and then to draw out Newcastle, where were you when the FA Cup draw was made? What can you remember I about that? I was at home. I, I can remember it very vividly. And then as soon as that, everyone was texting each other. And it's like, oh, my God. It, oh, such a great feeling. Such a good feeling to be, oh, you know, because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen very often. It doesn't. But and, oh, I don't know. As a player, when you're young, you, I don't think you save it as much as you should. Because I, I look back now and I think, oh, I wish I would have just took a minute remembering this moment, this moment, this moment. You just, I don't know, you just get on with the game and the game finishes and you don't really take anything in. So that that's a big regret for mine when I think about some of the things I've done. But I, my memory is not as vivid as it could be if I just took a little bit of time and just savoured like what 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 I was actually doing at that point. And obviously, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and obviously Newcastle were up, up there and, and competing well at, at the time. Did you take anything away from that game? Did you shirt swap or anything? I remember Richie speaking quite openly and uh, quite a funny story about how his missus only lets him have one piece of memorabilia, and it's the photo of him walking out with Alan Shearer, his boyhood hero. Oh really? Yeah. Oh no. Well, I remember um, towards the end of the game, I remember saying because I'd always thought a bit. Oh, it's funny because I read about um, Jordan Henderson yesterday saying that Roy Keane always said, "Don't ask for someone's shirt," and that's what Jordan Henderson said. Yeah. And I read it. I read it yesterday. And and to be fair, I never ever asked for any shirts. And when I played for Wales, I never looked to swap any shirts or anything. But this Newcastle game was different, as you say. Alan Shearer, absolute legend. So I remember speaking to him towards the end of the game and saying, oh, um, Alan, could I, could I get your shirt at the end of the game? And he just looked at me and laughed and said, you have a laugh, mate, and you? Because I've, I've, he said, I've just equaled the record in this. So then I didn't, didn't get that. And then at the end of the game, people were swapping shirts. And I remember seeing, that, well, most people had swapped shirts and there was Titus Bramble at the back there. And I thought, oh, do you know what? Uh, no, I, I won't swap. I'll just keep, I'll just keep my shirt. <laughs> so the only memento you've got from that game, you've probably not even got it anymore anyway, is the shirt you, you no, were wearing. I, yeah, I've always kept my shirts. I've always, like, my, my shirts through my career, so I've got my shirt. Uh, imagine that one for the kids when they when they grow up. Yeah, have you got any, I remember you playing in, at Newcastle. I've yeah. seen the photos. Have you got any mementos? Yeah, the short <laughs> the shirt I wore. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but that, but that's a, and a, yeah. And another thing, I always used to think, oh, do you know what? I'll get there one day. I will, you know, I'll get there one day to the pro. So I'll be, I'll get plenty of chance to get there. That's that was my belief, but obviously it didn't. It didn't come to fruition, but. Yeah, yeah, sadly not and obviously you mentioned yeah. obviously Alan Shearer saying hey, you're having a laugh I've just equaled the record how aware of you were uh, how oh, aware we were she? we were very aware because like I think about that time it, they were waiting it was on the news well it was on like Sky Sports News quite often and I remember being in the papers and things like that that you know he's well I don't know two goals away from breaking the record and things like this so everyone was aware 
It's quite an interesting one, really, because I think everyone was expecting it to be Mansfield who, you know, he broke the record against. But for yeah. it to be equal, I think not a lot of people will know that. It's quite a, a, an interesting sort of uh, pub quiz a question. Fact, that yeah, one. Like yeah. A pub quiz fact, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I always like that. It was quite funny. What are your me- memories of uh, going to Newcastle itself? I know you mentioned that, you know, you didn't really take it in as much as yeah, what, you, remember, what you should have done. But I just how huge the stadium is and the stands. Like, Obviously, when you're playing, and I, I played in, in quite big stadiums, and once you start playing, it is just like a, a green pitch, and you, you try not. To, obviously, every now and again, you don't you hear people shout things out, but it, it, you're just that much in the zone that it, it doesn't it doesn't affect you in any way, really. But I remember being at Newcastle and I just looking up and just it was so, it was vast, just how big that that's that stand was and that's where all the fans were right in the top there and I'm up, my, yeah. all my family were there so I remember trying to look and see them and I was thinking oh my word this is amazing imagine playing there every week um, but it wasn't really overawed by them I don't, didn't think we had a really good first half there. we played really we, well we should have we should have drew yeah we should have we, we did so well first half I think towards the end of the game they were getting into it a bit more like when they scored and things but we we put such a good account of ourselves there, and I, I, as I say, we could, first half we were the better team, and I think Runs had a good chance. I think early doors, or, or I can't remember if he had a chance, or but I remember thinking Runs, uh, yeah, Adam Rundle was had a, a really good game, and I, I thinking, oh, he's doing brilliant, which is great for him because that's that was his hometown club, wasn't he? And he was Absolutely, there, yeah. and I was so yeah, I was so pleased for him because I, I had a really good relationship with him. And obviously he was playing in front of me. And I'm thinking, oh, do you know what you're doing ever so well? You know, and I remember thinking that during the game, he's doing so well and he'd be so happy with himself. Yeah, it's 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 always interesting when you look look back at that because of the, of the way we played and, and things like that. And the the what what was Peter Shirtliff like in, in the run-up to that? Because obviously it's still his first season uh, as manager. The opinions are perhaps still out on him because of the league form, but the yeah. FA Cup saved him a little bit. It did definitely. He's just so he was really always really relaxed, and he 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 seemed to take all the pressure away from any of the players and and things like this. He he took everything himself, which I, I, and I admire that about him because um, obviously we we weren't we we were so ca- we were capable of so much more, and I, I don't know why how we and this is fathom me like when I finished playing football as well. I don't know how. When I look back, as I say, uh, I don't know how we, you know, we couldn't consistently put a run of form together because some weeks we could be brilliant, absolutely fantastic, and then again other weeks we uh, we just wouldn't get the result. And I, 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 don't, I don't know, and it's still really fathom, you know, I, I get fathomed by I don't know how why why were we not so consistent and and things like this. I, but no, sure, he was brilliant. He's he's, he's such a laid back guy and, and really relaxed. And he, I don't know, I always seemed very calculated in what he said. And you know, he really thought thought about you know what's the best thing to say in this situation and things like that. He very rarely lost his temper. Um, where I, I've always played for well, I'd always played for people who like came in and called me. Played for Barry Barry every, Fry for one. Barry Fry, every <laughs> name under the sun. Every week you, you're like getting sold to somebody and you're effing useless and you're well every other like word. Yeah, you know every week. So to come in and have, and Calton no Calton wasn't so much like that, but sure he was really. I know I don't know really thought about what you know trying to get the best out of the players by communicating 
well with him. So, you know, and that was, I was, a, you know, I think that was a very good trait of his. Yeah, and it, as the season in terms of the cup run had its highs, it also had its lows as well. I'm talking in particular, I don't know if you can remember this, about um, a goalkeeping coach who I think Peter Shirtliff brought in and who sadly passed away on the pitch uh, prior to the game. Can you remember that? Yes, I can, yeah. Yeah, so just talk... Well, we did, weren't too aware of it. We knew something had happened, but we weren't, you know, obviously it wasn't until after the game that we... We found out, and it, oh, it was sh- absolutely shocking. Yeah, it was really shocking. Yeah, I mean that must be one of the worst feelings as a footballer. I mean, I can't imagine those supporters who would have been, you know, stood behind the goal at that point. Exactly. I was fortunate; I'd not gone into the ground at that point. I was walking to the ground when we heard it happening. But to yeah. to see that unfold, were you warming up at the time? Had you had you guys gone out, or we we yeah we we would we'd gone out, and at that point. Well, to be fair, I think I was just coming out and it, 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 it something had happened just as we were coming out, if I'm honest, out of the tunnel. Because I remember saying something, but obviously you don't really pay attention to him. We were, we were off warming up and then all of a sudden like the stretcher came and, and took him took him away. And, and then it wasn't until, as I say, after the game, we found, you know, we found out and it was just, I don't know, it's just it's shattering. You know, you should never be going to a football match and then yeah, not coming home. Not going home. That's it's just yeah, it was horrific if I'm honest. And of course, the game uh, didn't get played that day. Ended up being know. postponed, which was yeah. a, a really weird feeling. I remember going back there, you know, the second time around, and obviously it was so much respect for uh, for Peter Peter Wilson, who sadly passed away. Of course, that's right. Yeah. Um, between both sets of fans was great, and as I remember, he'd only really been at the club a couple been, of days as well. Yeah, he was. It was. Yeah, he just came. I think he came in on the Thursday. Yeah, and then yeah, oh, it was just tragic, absolutely tragic. Has anything else like that happened in your career before? Is is that is that one of those no, strange that, that, things? That, yeah, that, no, that was that I can remember. That was yeah. And that, yeah, it was quite vivid if I remember. I remember rightly. How do you deal with that as a group of players? How did Peter Shirtliff in particular deal with that? Because of course but, they're not, they weren't just colleagues; they were friends. No, exactly. And but this is that's what I said. I had so much respect for him because he he didn't. I don't know. He didn't relay anything like that or any of the fans' frustrations or anything like that on onto onto us. And he 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 shielded it from us. Really, if I'm honest, he obviously he. As I say, he was, what, he was one of his real close friends as well. And But he, I don't know, he just dealt with it really, di- well, he was very dignified in how he dealt with it and how he went about his business. It was a case of, you know, he, he sheltered it from us and and we had a job to do and we, we just carried on. And, you know, we just carried on as it, as it was, really. And of course, Peter then managed to see out that season then was in charge uh, the following season. It was December 2006 uh, when he departed. He started yeah. off, though, quite well. We did, yeah. We started the season really well. Um, we, yeah, I can remember we've had some good results, if I'm honest. But then, as I say again, the consistency—it always seems to be the consistency. But then, I think that's when where we needed—I don't know. I look back and I think, do you know what? At that time, I'm getting. I look back then and I think, do you know, I was getting quite old, and but I did. I still felt like a kid, if I'm honest. Yeah. And I and I felt when I look back, and that's a big. A big thing when I look back, I think, oh, do you know what? I should have been more influential, and because later on in my career, when I went, like, well, later on in my career, I was like Rushton and and Boston and things like this. I was captain, and you know, I took that responsibility, and I loved it. I, I you know, being that model professional, a bit like Richie was, and and I, you know, I really modelled myself and and that how he was, and 
like how I behave rubbing off on other people. And I think if that were, oh, do you know, I wish I would have done, you know, took that upon myself when I was at Mansfield. And it's only in hindsight, but I just felt, I don't know, I felt like a young kid when I was at Mansfield. But I look back and I, and I think, I, I wasn't really. One win in eight but, games for Peter Shirtliff uh, as well, um, and then which led to his to his exit in December. What do you remember about that? Because again, you know, you'd you'd said that you've got a lot of respect for him and, and things like that. His assistant was Paul Holland, um, who you know I don't think many really fancied him to get the job on a full time basis. What was that transition like as as Peter's uh, as Peter departed? It was similar. It was similar to when Carlton went because obviously, as I say, people don't like change, so. And and that that's just that's just fact. People don't like change. So you're thinking you want someone who who knows you, who knows you, and, and knows what you're capable of. Um, so I was thinking, oh, who's going to get it now? You know, because if if in and football, people think, oh, do you know what? It's oh, what a great you know. They haven't got any stresses or anything, but it, it is a, a it is a, a stressful um, environment because obviously a lot of people are like you're playing through your contract, you're playing through your future constantly and that, that is constantly on your mind. If you get injured, you're out of the team. If you're out of the team, you can't you can't showcase what you're capable of and then obviously you get forgotten and then at the end of the season, you've got a family to support, you've got a mortgage to pay and, and things like this. So, so it is very stressful. So you do have, you know, a lot of anxiety about it, like a new manager coming in. What if he doesn't, if he doesn't like you and he just wants rid of you, where are you going, what's going to happen then? And it, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's it's not all all fantastic and brilliant being a footballer. And I remember lots of times uh, it, it like feeling very anxious about what the future holds and things like that. If I'm honest, so when Pete obviously Shirley went, yeah, I remember it being you know a very a, a bit of a stressful time thinking what's going to happen now. As I said, I've I'd, I've got my I've got a family to support and a mortgage to, um, you know to pay and things like this. So you're thinking, oh, who's going to come in? So, yeah, a very anxious time, if I'm honest. And, of course, uh, after that, we have one game with uh, Paul Holland in charge where we beat uh, Darlington 2-0. And then Billy Dearden comes in, of course. How much were you aware of Billy's pass with Mansfield? Because, it, again, it was a very strange appointment from a Mansfield fan's perspective, considering well, his history. Yeah, well, Dutchy knew you know, ever so well. And, like, everyone who's come across Billy just says, what an absolutely amazing man and he'll be brilliant he'll be brilliant so I'm just going on that really so with what Dutchie's saying and things like that so when he brought him in and he came in and yeah bit and you know true to his word he he is he was yeah one of one of the nicest guys uh, you know I've ever come across in football really Billy I, I, I remember being a very very young fan and uh, when he was yeah. first in charge he used to have like sweets and stuff for the kids which he used to kids, throw out exactly. it was brilliant yeah, he's so so nice and really cared about you as a person as well. Like it wasn't just about you, like being a footballer and things like that. He'd always ask you how about your family and things like this, and you're taking, you're making sure you're taking care of everything. He'd just try and take care of everything and do everything he can to try and help you and things like that. And he, he as I say, he's just such such a nice guy. And again, I I don't know. I, I, there's not many people that I dislike, if I'm honest. I I'm, I always. And I, as you probably tell, I'm a, like Callum. I thought everyone I've come across, like manager-wise, I've always, I've always seen, I always see the positive in people, and 
but Billy was really, really just a really nice guy. And, and to be fair, he, he knew what he was on about on the football pitch as well. Yeah, very wise really man. Good. I remember having numerous yeah. conversations with him and other people having conversations with him. He was, he was fantastic. He always had, had a point to prove with Mansfield because of the way he left before. But Exactly, yeah. One thing he couldn't control uh, was the weather. Can you remember his first game which didn't end up finishing? Oh, Accrington. There it is. Yeah, the oh, worst yeah. day I've ever that experienced was, as a fan. Yeah, that was... That shit, oh, I was so gutted when that got called off because of, cause you think, oh, you don't want to be going back there on a, on a Tuesday night. And we were just... I remember just like at the end of... The, when, after the first half, the ref said, I'm going to call it off. And we were like, no, come on, just... You know, we've got to finish it now. We've got to finish it. But I remember we conceded a, a sloppy goal, a real sloppy goal. And I think Mickey scored, Mickey B scored. Yeah. Is that right? And yeah. I, yeah, so it was one inch, and, but we just wanted it finished because we were thinking, oh, I don't be coming back here on a Tuesday night. It's a tough place to go anyway. Yeah, it's, it's but, a yeah, horrible place to go. Yeah, I do remember that. I do, yeah, vividly. That, that, was, that was some weather, though. I bet you've not kept the shirt from that one because it would be ditched. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, because obviously Accrington, they've done some improvements to it. Not many, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, they've yeah. done some improvements to it over the years. Um, but back then it was, I think it still is now, actually, where we were stood was an open open terrace. It hammered it down and we down, were stood oh. all in, in, in all this replica shirts and stuff. I remember getting back on the bus and there was just a pool of water as everybody got off the bus when it got back to the ground. I've never experienced yeah. conditions like, like the that. Dressing room. The dressing room was under, I remember the whole floor was just a pool. I don't even know if we had a shower then. I think we just, just picked up all our stuff because it was just, it was ridiculous. We just picked all our stuff. I'm sure we got back on the bus, I think. I think the last thing you would have wanted to do after that is get under more water. No, I don't. <laughs> and obviously, Accrington's facilities, I imagine them wouldn't have been the greatest either. I oh, imagine. they weren't great anyway. No, no, yeah, you're right. That's why I say you don't want to be going there on a Tuesday night, cold Tuesday night. Well, that's what they say, isn't it? It's like Stoke yeah. on a Tuesday night. It's the same yeah, thing exactly. in the lower leagues with Accrington. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, uh, Billy's time at, at the home, it had some highs, which we'll come on to, which was another FA Cup run, um, yeah. which was fantastic. Again, a goal for you in, in that as well. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, see, he's remembering now. Um, yeah. But before that, we had one of the biggest blows, which we mentioned earlier on, and that I'm sure it was the same, the, the squad felt the same as the fans, and that must have been losing the yeah. captain, Richie Barker. Uh, as I said, that was pivotal, if I'm honest, because we never ever we we never replaced what he. As I said, he he practically managed the team. He would within the dressing room, like after training, he would have everybody. We'd all be he'd get everyone down to the gym, and we'd be doing extra sessions in the gym and things like this. And it, and he and he would organise people on the pitch in in the dressing room. He'd be he was he was like a manager back then, but in the dressing room and and on the pitch he was absolutely amazing so to lose him we, we didn't have that anymore we and didn't have it and we did really miss it looking back in hindsight you can say oh yeah we miss his goals but just his all round influence that he brought to the team he, that's yeah that was yeah crucial that was how, when he went really how much did you know about his departure because obviously we've, like I mentioned before we've had him on here he's told the story himself it was Hartlepool who he eventually went to but it was very much a transfer which he did not want no and he he used to say that he, he was so yeah he was so we had we had a real good dressing room there it, and, and I think he he loved the, the, um, the figure he was within that dressing room and so I say you know going to a new dressing room everything changes so you, you're always a bit apprehensive so I'm pr- he loved being at Mansfield and he would have been there for years he would have I know he would have 
he he loved all the young players coming through, and he 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 did everything he could to help them become the players that they were. And, I, and I'm sure if you spoke to any of them, any Baps Bucko or anybody like that about Richie, they, they would say they're a big influence on on their careers because he used to push them, and he and obviously if they if they were an A, he he would tell them. I bet. He, he was brilliant with it, and I'm sure that they would say, you know, what a big influence that he was. So, so for for him to go, it, yeah, it was a, just a massive loss. And as I say, it's not just a case of losing his goals because he, you know, he did get, used to get his fair share. He was he was more the the influence of the person he was, and and what effect he had on the team. I think. What did Richie uh, say to you when to the dressing room? Obviously, when that transfer had, had not gone through and then it did go through, he ended up playing against Hartlepool for us, which I believe was his last game, then went game. to play for them. Yeah. yeah. What, were, what was his message uh, to, to you guys? Or was it just a case of you found out when the rest of us did? No, well, we, we obviously you're aware of rumours and, and obviously he, he's in a car school because he's coming from Rotherham and thing. I think Hammy was there and Riti and... And so, like, you used to hear little bits about, and he was adamant. He didn't, he didn't want to go. He, he used to, he was saying he didn't want to go. But, but then I do remember him like saying to everyone, he, you know, he, he, he is going, and he came and like said bye to everyone. And it, oh, he was, yeah, it was quite not devastating, but it, it was, a, it was a sad time. I'm telling you. It really was. And how did Billy Dearden uh, deal with that? Because obviously, you mentioned Peter Shirtliff before was quite a, you know, a. a a guy who calm everything down and rationally explain things. Again, it was probably a transfer which Billy Dearden didn't particularly want to do either. No, he would never. He, he, but this is again, it, Billy. Billy was a bit similar to Shirty. He would never put any pressure on us, and and he very rarely lost his temper. Um, so, and it was a case of you know, with Billy. Obviously, he has to try and galvanise the church set. So he's saying, "Oh, come on, we, you know, we can get, we can go on." It, it, and things like this. So Billy, Billy is very similar to Shirty as a case of he, obviously he wouldn't let his feelings known about the the deal with Richie to 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 us players. But obviously we were aware of what a big big loss he was. Because I, I remember feeling absolutely devastated when he went. If I'm honest. And how and how much of an impact do you think uh, that then had on the fans? Because obviously it was one which the fans didn't want to happen. Want. It, it was pretty much the, the the straw which broke the camel's back in terms of the relationship with Keith Haslam, which was straining and straining and straining for years, even before you, you uh, arrived back in 2005. How much of an influence do you think uh, Barker's departure had on that and then the subsequent season in which we were relegated? Yeah, well... As I said, it was it was it was huge in the fact that we yeah, have the season we had in, at the at the end. Um, I think I don't think that the fans were fine with Billy. Obviously, they knew it wasn't his case, but you could there was unrest there. There was so much unrest within the fans, and it does have an effect on on the players because there's there's news every well something changing every week. Someone else is coming in, Haslam's going, and somebody's doing this and this. And it does it does have a lot of unrest. And as I say, like Billy did try and shield it from me, but it's hard when obviously you've got a lot of local lads as well who are aware of a lot of things what's going on, like with the local businessmen and things like this. Um, like telling it to all the lads you know, in the dressing room. So like we're aware of things happening or you're hearing stories of things happening. And again, it just adds to the, the, the stresses and um and the anxiety of, of the dressing room. Well, I definitely felt it. I don't know, maybe I'm different to everyone else, but I, I used to feel, as I said, I, 
I always worried about like, oh, what's going to happen if someone comes in? Am I going to be playing? Am I not? If I get injured, I just, that's why I used to hate being injured because I'd be thinking, right, I'm out of contract at the end of the season. I need to be playing every game. I need to be at the best, you know, the best shape I'm, I can be in to be playing well and, and things like this. So with all that turmoil, you don't know what's going to happen. It, it does, it does create a very edgy, edgy atmosphere, and especially when you're down the bottom of the table. And I think. We just didn't have the experience to see it through because I think when you're when you're down there and there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot when you're playing, you don't want to be the person to be like making the mistake to to I don't know to, to concede the goal and to lose the game because there's so much at stake. And you see that with lots of team, and it just becomes I don't know. You you try you you do the safe things. You're not playing with any freedom. You see, with England, they you know, not so much now before Gav Safegate came in, but before prior to that, you could see they had what a fantastic eleven they had, but they could never play together because they seemed to play with fear and 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 it got like that. It just got it was you know, people were fearful of making mistakes and they didn't want to make mistakes of playing easy and and not playing you know to their full potential because they didn't want to be accountable for for the mistakes they made. And I think that's where we missed like the real like we missed Richie because he would. He would be on you and saying, "Come on, you know what I mean." Absolutely, and uh, yeah. I guess that wasn't helped by all the media attention off the pitch. I remember. No, that's what I mean. That's what I said. It just added to it, it fueled it. If I'm honest. Yeah, and there was a, a potential takeover with a guy called John Bachelor who wanted to to rename the Stags. Can you remember what he wanted to rename the club? Oh, was he American? I don't know whether he was American. I, I I can't remember. I think he was a. Uh... Oh, what was it? Yeah, I remember. What was it? I can't remember what it was. It ta- no, it wasn't. Do you remember Sky One's Dream Team? That's it, yeah, yeah. Dra- yes, I do remember that. That's what I mean. Like, all this was some of, and the, they were just the rumours in the prep. Well, like, we were hit. We had some of the boys, like obviously the Mansfield lads who were there, and they like new people around Mansfield, and there were so many different rumours going around, and who's coming in, who's not. This is what's going to happen, and this, and oh yeah, it, it was. It wasn't a very, if I remember rightly, it wasn't a very nice time it wasn't if I'm honest no I remember I don't know if you remember the game at all Macclesfield away he uh, it was in the middle of the Rife rumours he came and stood with the Mansfield fans Man- wrong no, move I do remember that yeah. absolutely wrong move and ended up getting uh, escorted out quite uh, right. by about yes. 10 stewards it, it was very ugly yes I do remember it I remember it very well actually did yeah. you ever, just as a, a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek question, obviously, uh, the Harchester United thing, did you watch Dream Team when it was on? I did, yeah. And did you ever picture <laughs> yourself potentially playing in, in like, <laughs> staff little moments of, yeah. right, I'm going to be this character, I'm going to, you're, Brownie, you're going to be this character or, or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there were some jokes going around at that time. There was, there really was. Oh, fantastic. Well, we'll move on to something a little bit more positive, and that was another FA Cup run uh, in the yeah. season we went down, 07 08. Uh, reached round four in this one. Middlesbrough at home was uh, the round four tie, but I'm going to uh, see whether I'm going to test your knowledge again. Um, in which game of that FA Cup run uh, did was there a goal for Jellyman? Oh, it, it was Harrogate, wasn't it? Harrogate Railway. That's the one. I remember it was a tackle. <laughs> I scored a tackle. <laughs> So if you obviously uh, we'll come on to a, a, a little bit about uh, that book with your name on it, uh, but if yeah. you were to write a, a book, would the title be "I Scored with a Tackle"? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of my claims to fame. I scored with a tackle on live TV. It has on, to be said as well. On live TV, yeah, on BBC. Oh, it's one of my claims to fame. Yeah. We, we mentioned Accrington earlier being horrendous for facilities, but that was oh, that's got to be up there, hasn't it? Yeah, oh, that what the little port cabins at the back and oh wow. 
What do you yeah, remember? That was, oh, I remember that game right at the start. And they, I think they had a free kick when they hit the bar in the when about five minutes gone. And I was thinking, oh my word, this is we're in for it here because it was torrential. I remember being it was torrential rain as well. Yep. Sunday yeah, after, we made Sunday lunchtime. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, it was a horrible game, but you know we managed to get through in the end. And I'd say yeah, Middlesbrough weren't it. At the end of that. Absolutely, yeah. And of course, uh, as you say, you got to, to Middlesbrough after that. It was Brighton, though, in, in round three. What do you remember about that one? Ian Holmes, Great I think, game. scored the winner. Good game. And what a goal. I, I saw it the other day. Yes, I we've been that. cheering it, haven't we? We've been cheering different video clips and everything yeah, at that time. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember it being that good. If I'm honest, no, it was no. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say counter-attacking fluid football. That was not that Mansfield team. No, I know it was. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. We were it, at that stage then. We were like right down there, and it was like, as I say, we were playing really like. Well, we, looking back, we we were playing with fear and being concerned. But then, yeah, that was. I think the cup games, and I think that's why we did so well in the cup game. I don't know. It's just different because the di- different atmosphere. There's no. There's no three points at the end of it. You're either in or out. So you just put everything into it. And it should be like that all the time. But I don't know. It's just different. League games are different. So like a lot of the cup games you do, you play with no fee. You're the underdog. And so there's no expectation. So you just go out and play. And, and then it just shows what you're capable of. So to to get in the mindset to just play that like every week, that that's what you need. But it, it's, it's easier said than done. Middlesbrough at home in uh, in round four, of course. That one's on TV. Lots of protests and, and things like that. Oh, Not even going to bother about it. Yeah, side, well, they, yeah well, what do you remember about all the tennis balls and the footballs oh, being watched? Did you get hit? Yeah, it was, well, it's, if I'm honest, when you're playing, it's annoying because you just want to get on you in, and it's just yeah. a wait and you're waiting round and everything. But I can see, obviously, we, um, I was with the fans. That, you know, I was aware of what was what Haslam was up to and, and, and things like this. So, you know, they got every right to you know, want to change and wanting to 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 go and, and sort, you know, sort the ground out and things like that. So, yeah, you know, I was totally with the fans, but during the game, it was a bit, yeah, I can remember it being a bit annoyed, if I'm honest. What, I think what didn't help that day as well was the fact of who BBC appointed as their pundit. Carlton Palmer was back. Carlton Palmer, yeah. <laughs> he, was at, he was at the Harrogate game as well. I remember yeah. being the pundit for that because I remember... Like, it was so close to the pitch. I remember running in the second half, running down the, the line, or running down the line. He's like, "All right, Charles," and I was like, well, "You know, trying to play the game." Was he shouting instructions to you like he was the man? Yeah. Was he shouting? Was he shouting instructions to you like he was the manager again? Yeah. Did Carlton shut up? It's not Rochdale away. Yeah. <laughs> Madness. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, uh, going on from that, obviously. The FA Cup run was great. It was obviously sad the way in which the behaviour of some... I understand why it was. I don't want to yeah, get wrapped in the poli- totally, politics, but totally it, it sort of spoiled the occasion a little bit. Fortunately, you know, since yeah. then, we've had Liverpool in the FA Cup and, oh, yeah, and, and other great, great ones as well. Um, but obviously, from that, it was a downward spiral, unfortunately. Um, Billy left with uh, 12 games to go. What do you remember about uh, Billy's departure, first and foremost? Um, I, w- I was upset, if I'm honest, because he, he was... I was really upset. You could see like the effect it was having on him, and he 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 looked he looked tired. If I'm honest, he looked really really tired, and it it just got to the point. I, I think it was really well affected him. If I'm honest, and to see you know to see when he came in with the boys, I, I got a bit upset. If I'm honest, yeah, well, he, he wasn't he was the youngest, nice, was he? Such a nice guy, and he would do absolutely mm. anything for you. You could ask him any for anything, and he would help you and. He, he was such a great guy 
And I, yeah, I was upset when he when he went. If I'm honest, really, really upset. I think a lot of us were as well. I mean, I, I totally get it. I mean, now having been a little bit older, you know, being nearly thirty, yeah. it's, it's it's good to be able to reflect and you understand about mental health within football and oh, and your mindset. Yeah. But again, a lot of football, a lot of football supporters don't understand, you know, that part of the game, do they? No, they don't. No, yeah, you you, you don't. It's it's such a weird environment. Well, not a weird environment. It's so different to what is perceived like the football environment. I find when you speak to people and you think it's so different to what their perceived idea of what being a footballer is like, uh, and things like this. As I say, I've touched on like the anxiety and the stresses and things like that. But like, and I've just basically touched on them. But they they have such a massive effect on how you play and and I. And I, I watch players and people saying, how is he? He's crap. And and how? And I think, do you know what? That guy, I've seen him play before and he's unreal, but obviously he's playing with the weight of the world on his shoulders at the minute. And I, I can see that in people. And, you, you know, he gives you such a different perspective to, to what, what a normal fan would see, if I think. How much of that don't you realise when you're wrapped up as, as, a, as a player? How, how much of that perhaps you know, don't you understand until you've hung the boots up? Do you, do you know what? Not a lot at all. Not a lot at all. And it's not only when you reflect back. And I look back now and I think, you know, what I could have done, as I say, about would be being like Richie. And I, I, when I was getting a bit older and I'm thinking, do you know, it's not the be all in it because you, you put so much everything is football your whole life is governed around football I remember everything about my the whole not just my life but my partner's wife and the kids life was all revolved about around my football so like I can't do this today we're not doing this today because I've got this 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 and we and it was all about me and and well I think selfish but I wanted to be the best I can be and I wanted to be able to you know perform to the best of my ability constantly so I needed to do everything I could to do that but I look back, it's quite selfish in a way. But um, yeah, and it's only hindsight making you look back and you think, wow, yeah, and, and the effects it has on you uh, when you, you haven't got, when you're coming to the end of the, the, um, the contract and you haven't got been offered one yet, what are you going to do next? I've got mortgage pay, I've got children. But it's like, I suppose, it's the press, pressure and stresses of, of ev- everyday life. But I just think it's highlighted in football and it's quite ruthless as well. Yeah, and it can be quite a lonely place as well, especially if you're a player, you know, that's living yeah. miles away from home. You mentioned Adam Rundle earlier, obviously born and bred up north and things like yeah. that and, and props living away from home. And yeah. I know it's a bit of a, a, a different question from what we're talking about now, but obviously this whole situation about being in lockdown and things like that, that must make footballers, you know, take stock of what I football actually so. is. You know, yeah, I think so. I think, and I think, not and I oh, who was it? I heard someone saying about it. Oh, someone mentioned it the other day. They're not missing like the the stresses and and the the stresses of match day and things like that. And they're quite enjoying not having that pressure of a match day. And I I just totally got why. I can't even think who it was. It was a, someone playing now, and they, and they're saying yeah, lockdown is 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 it's hard because mentally obviously you're gearing up to be playing on a Saturday or on a Tuesday. So your whole um, routine. You have a routine and on what you do every day and and things like this. And and that that to change, it, it, I can imagine being quite difficult. But he was saying like the one good thing about it is not having that that pressure and that stress of a sat of a of a match. And I thought, oh, do you know, that resonates with me. I, I can remember. I remember that. I, de- I could. 
yeah, I do resonate with that, if I'm honest. I just really hope that when this is all over, that football fans just take a step back a little bit from putting that pressure on and just enjoy football for what it is, which is a game. Because yeah. the whole thing before it, you know, you, you get swept up in relegation fights, promotion chases and all that, but it's just a game. It's just something it to is, do at a yeah. weekend. And to be fair, um, I started to to get like that towards the end of my career. When I was in like my 30s and I was playing, I, I was playing at Boston, I was captain there. And to be fair, I tr- that's how I treated it. And I thought, you know what? None of the pressures that I, I felt when I was younger bothered me. Like, I'd be go on there, I'd play with freedom. And I was probably... I played, you know, it was probably some of the best football I played. I, I wasn't as nowhere near as fit as I, I was when I was at the Stags and things like that. But I, I was playing with such a freedom and, you know, not letting things bother me and things like that. And, and it, it's a, it's amazing what you can achieve when when you are in that sort of mindset. But it, but it only comes with experience. Do you know what I mean? So. Absolutely. It's it's certainly an interesting one. It'd be interesting to see how it develops. As a PE teacher previously and uh, and things like that, and as a sportsman, I'm sure you'll have uh, a very competitive side. Am I right? Yes, very. Fantastic. (laughs) Right. Well, this is going to be right up your street then. Uh, What we do, I personally didn't tell you about this before because every time I do, all of a sudden messages don't come back. And I know why, because people are scared. Um, Okay. it's called the All About You Quiz. So I'm going to ask you 10 questions, pretty much about your time at the Stags. We'll have been talking about it for the past hour. So if your short-term okay. memory is good, it's great. It's all an attempt to get to the top of the leaderboard. A few of your ex-teammates, have, as I say, have played this game. Um, I'll pick a few out for you. Uh, John Delaye, who is, again, a fellow teacher, maths teacher now, I do believe. Yeah, Very is, clever yeah. guy. Uh, he got nine in one oh. minute 43. He's second in the leaderboard at the moment. Second, uh, wow. yeah. I'll, t- I'll run through why in a minute. Uh, Mickey Bolding, um, he was one of the first people we had on the show. He got eight in one minute thirty-eight. Uh, Richie Barkey, former captain, seven in one thirty-seven. Uh, and Adam Murray, a uh, bit lower down, uh, six in one minute fifty-four. Um, okay. So this is how the quiz works. It's called the All About You Quiz. You're going to face 10 questions against the clock. Um, Contestants are looking to get the most correct answers in the quickest time possible. If you get an answer wrong, it's plus five seconds to your total time. However, if you pass, it's plus 10. So worth a go, even... If you even don't if you know, wrong. yeah. Even if you don't yeah. know, uh, so okay. there you go. Um, you've heard the times of a few of your former teammates. Where roughly would you like to be? I can tell you the quickest time at the moment is former Mansfield manager Paul Cox, who was on last week's show, who got nine in one minute forty-two. Wow. Well, as I say, I'm quite competitive, so I want to be at the top there. <laughs> so, uh, you, what are you looking at? Are you looking somewhere between JD and Mickey? Yeah, that'll, that'll do me. That would get you right up there. Right then, uh, are you ready to face the It's All About You quiz? I am, yes. Fantastic. Your time will start after I've asked the first question. Uh, and here we go. In three, two, one. Gareth, you joined the Stags in 2005. From where? It's very nice. You achieved Soccer Saturday cult fame later in your career when getting sent off. But with the Stags, how many times were you dismissed? One, two or three? Two times. Against which team did you score against live on TV during the Stags FA Cup run of 0708? Harrogate Railway. Under how many Stags managers did you play? Caretaker Ooh. and permanent. Okay. One. Four. The Stags enjoyed some sensational cup games during your time at the club, but during the relegation season, what stage of the FA Cup did the Stags reach? Four. 
Under Peter Shirtlift, the Stags made great progress in the Carling Cup, including a round one penalty shootout victory over Stoke. Other than yourself, name one of the other two who scored their spot kick. Oh, um, Brownie. Carlton Palmer called an end to his time at the club live on radio after losing to who? Rochdale. Lad unarmed. Lad unarmed is an anagram of which of your former teammates? Oh, no. <laughs> Lad unarmed. Adam Rundle. Takeover rumours were always prominent, but what did a potential future owner want to rename the Stags? Manchester United. And finally, name one of the two teams the Stags beat en route to play Newcastle in 0506 in the FA Cup. Brighton. And we will stop the clock there. Right, I'm going to do some uh, totting up of the scores. Uh, how well do you think you did? I think I did fairly well there, you know. How many do you think you got in total? Eight. You did. You got eight. Eight right. Uh, I'll yeah. run through the answers uh, you got wrong. Um, the penalty shootout one you got wrong. Um, it yeah. was Richie Barker and Reese Day who scored the oh. other two penalties. Um, and also the one you got wrong uh, was the last question, the FA Cup oh. question. You got the two seasons mixed up. So, yeah. Yeah, I, so I Brighton would have been uh, the Middlesbrough season, the relegation yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, the correct answers were Rotherham and Grey's Athletic. Great. Yeah, Grey's. The other yeah. two. Uh, so that scores you, including penalties, eight in one minute 35, which gets you into third place. So you're sandwiched right where you wanted to be. I thought, hey... That's, yeah, I'm happy with that. That's what I told you. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> that's, I think that's a very respectable score. To be honest, halfway through when you were sort of... You were, you're the first person who's been on this quiz who's been uh, quite methodical about their answers. A lot of them have been sort of swept in by the time element. You were going for yeah. the... For the points, no, which, which, take, I, yeah. Yeah, which I appreciate. I think that, that's uh, spot on. So uh, well done in that one. Um, so that gets you into third place. We'll see who else can beat that uh, in future. Let's go to the end of your Stags journey. Before we did the quiz, we were talking there about um, the relegation season. Billy Dead and leaving, that's where we got to. We'll pick up there. Paul Holland is put in charge. 12 games to go. It was entitled The Great Escape. Did you ever think that it could it could be pulled off or did you think the nail no. was in the coffin? No, definitely I think you, you never go, you never ever think, oh, that, that's it. You net well, I, I definitely don't. So I never thought, and to be fair, when he came in, it did feel like a little, I don't know why, but it just felt, felt like there was a little lift. And because Dutchie was like, just go out and play, enjoy it. He, he understood why we were down there. People, as I say, they get just the confidence is low and people not, you know, didn't want to, make that mistake and he was saying just go out and play just go and play and to be fair we were we, i remember playing and the game we were playing some good football but then again we just i don't know we'd concede and and it just didn't seem to have that experience to be able to to see games out or or not to concede in key moments really. yeah and it was always sort of strange goals as well i remember yeah Rod, so Rotherham. That's what i mean so, yeah, some of the goals we conceded, and I just think, oh, do you know, this is unreal, <laughs> absolutely unreal. I thought, well, especially against when Rotherham, like, I ended up playing with him later. Jamie Jamie Yates scored from like near off the halfway line by the dugouts, and he hooked it over over Whitey, and I think I put the nail in the coffin for us, didn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. I think we then needed to rely on we needed the Chester. Yeah, yeah, Chester needed to. Yeah. So where were you then? When what were what were you doing with with that game? Were you listening to it on the radio, or did you switch off completely for it and say it's out of our hands? We'll no, do what out we can of do. my hands. I, no, as I said, I hated watching. I just 
get like that anxious feeling. So I couldn't. No, I couldn't listen to it. I couldn't listen to it. And obviously, um, relegation uh, then happened in, out of our hands. We went to Dagenham on the final day of the season. What's your memories uh, of that one? Because I, the Stags fans, football fans in general, always use the final away game of the season to, to dress As up. As a big, yeah. yeah it, it wasn't. It wasn't very nice, if I'm honest. Um, Funeral that, attire that, was the, uh, was the theme. From the, yeah. From well, I struggled that season. I had Achilles problems, and it's plagued me ever since. And I was really, really struggling. But and. If I look back, I think I should I should I should never be playing. I couldn't I couldn't really run properly, and it could, it was. But I just felt like I needed to play. I wanted to play. I wanted to you know wanted to try and keep keep us up and, and things like that. And I remember being, I didn't play in that last game because like Dutchy said, don't because you 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 end up like injuring yourself. I was having so many. I was having injections. I was having so many like painkillers and things before games just to try and get through games and that. And that. I look back now and I think, oh wow, we, well, the hub hasn't done me any damage, but I still like struggle with that now. But I remember being, yeah, sat there. It was horrific, if I'm honest. Yeah, and, it was one of the I'd worst just done days. It early and I, I just felt like I couldn't, I couldn't leave, I couldn't leave because I felt like I owed, I owed the fans something because, you, you know, just to see their face, you know, they, they didn't deserve it. They didn't deserve it. They've, I don't know, they had that you know the Wembley trip a few years earlier and then gradually every year like there's people leaving the club and not the same quality being bought in and, and it's not their fault but they can see what's happening to their club and it it did resonate with me I'm thinking this is you know this is absolutely terrible and I, I wanted to be part of it to try and get them back up I had offers to stay that um in the league I had a couple of teams come in for me but I'd already said I want no I, I want to stay like i because we were all under the impression that um, Dutchy was staying on and he would be the manager. And I can't think, someone, was it Anderson, James? Somebody Anderson was going to take over. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think. I can't think what his name was, but. And that was what we were told. So, like, I'd you know, agreed to um, a contract for the following season. And then the next season turned up. So, the first season in the conference, and I turned up for training the first day. And I turned up, and I remember just seeing Dutchy outside the at the front door and he said I've been told I'm sacked and there's someone else has taken over and they've got a new manager and, and I was like what so we went into the dressing room and then we were told to go and train and I think we trained we trained ourselves I think if I remember rightly then we went back and then that Billy what was Billy, Billy McEwen yeah yeah Billy McEwen was there and he like we had to sit around and we all went in for a meeting with him and I went upstairs and I had a meeting with him and he basically said well I, I I hear that they've offered you this contract and I said yes and he said well um, I could get somebody on on half of that and I said well and I just remember saying well if you can do that I said I, I can't afford I've got a family and I, I can't afford to do that so you know I wish you all the best and then I left but at that point obviously most players are sorted out and on the, the offers I had previously they've been and got somebody else so I was left without a club with mortgages to pay and things like that and this is what uh, then it was just yeah that was not a very nice time if I'm honest yeah it's absolutely horrible I mean, I remember mm. um, Paul Holland a few years after he, he, he left released a, a book talking double dutch about his career and went into detail about that that time and yeah. had the squad list in the in the back it was most of the relegation season but also quite surprisingly quite a few of the players who then Billy McEwen signed in inverted commas yeah. yeah and made out to be his signings and everything I always felt yeah, that but- Paul Holland was a little bit hard done by in that era 
he was. I, I think so, yeah. He was. He had a lot of respect. Like, the players really respected Dutchie, if I'm honest. And, um, do you know, he played football the right way and he, he spoke a really good game. And, I, do you know, I, I think it, I think he could have done really well, but I don't know, it wasn't to be, but, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't nice that time. I just, and to leave, as I say, I didn't, I didn't want to leave. I, as I say, I loved my time there and I, and I felt like I, I wanted to stay to try and get, you know, back to where we, we belong, really. So, to, and then I didn't even get a chance to say goodbye to anyone or say bye to the fans. Or, so, will, or will this be the we first just, time then that you've perhaps spoken about your time and, and the way it ended? Um, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, if I'm honest. Which is astonishing considering it's, what, a good 10, 15, maybe even tw- nearly 20 yeah. years on, which is, yeah, yeah. well, 15 it or so. Was, yeah, it was... I, I could, yeah. If I'm honest, I, I remember driving home and I was in tears. I remember dri- like ringing my, my partner up and I was in I was in tears and I, so, okay, yeah. A lot of it was because you know I felt like I had a lot of unfinished business and I, I, I absolutely loved my time there and it. I don't know, just had that ripped away from you. I just it was. Oh, that's why I said earlier. Football is ruthless. It is ruthless. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely crazy game. Well, let's end on a bit of a funny story about you. Everyone knows what it is. It was sadly wasn't with Mansfield, which is a shame, uh, but I can't not talk about it. Jellyman's thrown a wobbly. It was at Mansfield. Was it? The first time he used it was, yeah, he used it about four or five times. I've spoke to him since because, like, obviously when he was bringing his book out, I remember speaking to him, like I had to do a couple of interviews with him on, on different radio stations. Like they'd ring me up and then they'd ring, obviously with Jeff's talking and I'd come in and he'd used it. He used it three, well, I think I got sent off about four or five times in my career and he used it every single time. But the first time I got sent off was at Cheltenham away. Yes. Uh, for Mansfield. And it was like the last minute and someone, oh I, yeah, I don't know what, I think it was pretty much, I just had my first young, my first kid and um some, I think we were winning. We had we put in a great performance, and some. I had the ball in the left back channel, and I just went to clip it down the line. It was re- really near the end of the game, and some young lad just came and like nearly took me, like took me out really. So, and I stood up, and it was right in front of all their fans, and then he squared up to me in my face, and I just felt like I don't know why. I I just saw a bit of red, so I I don't know why. I never usually do that, and I yeah, and I just like put my nut on him a little bit, but then. <laughs> Um, and I got sent off and I remember our oh, shirt he went crazy at me and then um, yeah and then I remember getting into the dressing room and then the old boys coming in and then when I was getting on the bus a lot of my like my friends were saying oh my word like you've been hammered by Jeff Sterling on the radio on the on Sky Sports <laughs> so then yeah I'd seen it since and then yeah Jeff said he, basically he, he, he'd seen my name a, a few years prior and thought oh I could, I could use that if you ever get sent off, I can use that. So he'd been saving it up, and then one day, like, okay, yeah, the night you've minute, all the results are coming in. He said it'd be the mundane, like, um, soccer Saturday, and then all of a sudden, my name popped up, and then he said, oh, yes, bingo, here we go. Imagine um, having that in your back pocket for years, though. That must that must have been crazy. How how much of the, that story did he uh, tell to you when you, you spoke to him? Was there much conversation about him using that as, as the main title for his book? Well, yeah, he just said, he just said it. It doesn't happen very often, but there was certain names where he thought I could use that. I could use that if it if if it ever come up. And it and he yeah. And I, well, 
and he yeah and he just said it just happened and he 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 used it he said usually a lot of it is just like from you know he he just think of it on the spot really like some of them but like he did actually like like try and remember you know he'd remembered some some name and thought I could use that if that ever happens and things like that. Have you got a copy of the book? Did he make a personalised copy? Yeah, I've got copy? a signed copy. Yeah, yeah, I've got a signed copy. <laughs> Oh, that must that'd be great when it's when the kids are older. It's in my downstairs toilet, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure there's worse places to put things. No, exactly. Yeah, you I don't, do, I don't I ask where some of your shirts. Do. I don't ask where some of your shirts are, especially from the relegation season. Oh, that, no, that, well, all my shirts in in my attic. I, I don't have much memorabilia out, if I'm honest. Uh, but yeah, that's actually made me a bit like Richie, if I'm honest. My wife, yeah, yeah my wife's quite into interior <laughs> decor. So and your Mansfield <laughs> shirt, circa 2006. Yeah, that's what I need. Yeah, your Mansfield shirt, circa 2006, don't quite fit into there. Do no, they, unfortunately. they don't. <laughs> that's that's one thing I forgot to ask. Obviously, we mentioned you know the Middlesbrough game earlier. Uh, we'll end on this. You said for the Newcastle game, you asked Alan Shearer for his shirt, and he said, "I'm I'm not giving it to you because obviously I've scored the goal." Um, did yeah. you manage to get one after the Middlesbrough game because they no, were flying never, high? No, I didn't didn't ask. Was you ask. were you burned by Alan Shearer then? Was, yeah, was that I it? So I thought I can't ask again. I've been turned down once. I don't take rejection very well. But oh <laughs> bless! Oh fantastic, Gareth! It's been an absolute uh, pleasure speaking to you no, and recalling you some much. of those I really memories. Enjoyed it. No, thank you very much for giving the time. I'm sure it will have put a, a smile on people's faces as well. Uh, as we always do uh, with this podcast, we'll leave the last word uh, to you. So this is your chance. You mentioned earlier that you know it's the first time properly that you've spoke about your time at Mansfield since leaving you know, almost 15, 16 years ago. So this is your chance to, to send your message uh, to the fans who are listening at home. No, I'd just like to say, you know, you made me feel very welcome and I look back with such fond memories of being there. Um, and I, I wanted to make amends for what happened, but, you know, I think the club's moving in the right direction now and, and I hope to see them very successful too. And I do hope to get down to a game soon. So it'd be great to see some of you if, when I manage to get down finally. Many thanks to Gareth for taking the time to speak to me. The first time really he's opened up and spoken about his Mansfield Town journey since leaving us in the summer of 2008. A summer I'm sure we'd all like to forget as the Stags were relegated to the football conference. If you want to relive some more happy times and relive the journey of how Mansfield got out of the conference, go back to last week's episode where I spoke to promotion winning manager Paul Cox on the Best Time of the Week podcast. And if you're up for a bit more nostalgia, make sure you join us on Facebook Live on Thursday evening, Thursday the 7th of May, as we present the second instalment of our Quizcast series. These will be uh, sort of popping up and down over the summer in random places. This one will be themed around the side who walked down Wembley Way only to achieve Wembley well. We're talking circa 2011 when Duncan Russell almost led the Stags to FA Trophy glory. Make sure you join us uh, on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash MTFC Matters for that on Thursday night for another instalment of Quizcast, as I say. Check out our social media pages for all the details on that one. I've been Craig Priest. Thanks very much for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe and share. And we'll see you for Quizcast on Thursday on our Facebook page. And we'll see you for another instalment of the Best Time of the Week podcast. That's next Saturday at three o'clock. Why? Because even though we can't go and watch football, football still matters. It's an escape for us all. And Mansfield matters too.
Oh no, Gareth Jellyman's been sent off at Oxford. Let's hope he hasn't thrown a wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> it's his third red card of his career, I believe. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.